So, uh, tonight, we're going to have the privilege of hearing from, well, a child of the king, which is a really special thing. Um, and uh, his, this child's name is Joel Pollard. Uh, so, uh, Joel, Joel, has, um, Joel and Aletta and their family have been with us for a whole lot of years now, a dozen or ish, ten-ish 10-ish years, and um, like, like, like many of you all, when, as I get to know you and watch you over time, I love watching how the Lord builds you up, grows you up from glory to glory, and that is so true with, with Joel and Aletta, and uh, recently, they're, they're, they're on our overseers team, recently they over, uh, took over overseeing the children, the, uh, children's ministry, they've been doing a phenomenal job already, so thank you, thank you for that. And um, also, um, I just, a couple weeks ago, we were sitting with those two and talking with them and sharing life together. And some of the stuff Joel was sharing, I just said, wow, this is so good. The ways that the Lord is, uh, what the Lord's doing in his life. And I said, would you share that? I think it would be so encouraging for you all. So open up your hearts to this amazing man of God, Joel Pollard. How's everybody doing? Hey. So I thought we would start off with some fun facts. How many of you like fun facts? Well, let's see here. Let's see if this thing works. Let's see if it works again. Aw. Well, here we go. Real Foodie. How many of you know me as Real Foodie? Yeah, that good? Then there's some other titles that I've been known by. Ooh, yeah, most recently, The Refined Dad. That's on social media. Home, yeah, family and lifestyle. It's a wonderful thing. Or my passion for righteousness in American government. How about that? These are all valid and true. One thing I'm working on, ice cream that you've never had before. Did I say I homeschool? Used to homeschool three. Jesus. Let's see, what else is there? Oh, all things Italy. Love Italy. Wonderful, huh? I'm the Amo. Oh, yeah, there we go. The Christmas and the chorus. It, it had to be her. It, got, it had to be you, right, Aletta? Did she make it back? There she goes. So there we go. Nice little collage there. Is that fun? Aw. Okay, we have to get down to business, the serious stuff, guys. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I love all those things, but how many of you know there's nothing that could ever compare to encountering the one who can set you free back to the original design? It's like, oh, by the way, this is who you are, right? Somebody? Sons and daughters in the house, right? Sons and daughters in the house. So tonight, what I wanted to do is just share out of my heart something that God's been working in me in process from striving to thriving. And then I got to download when I was having a snack this morning. And um, for some of us, it's been from surviving to thriving. Because God's taken us out of the survivor mode, 
that we've been caught in and stuck in. And there's something that sons and daughters get to partake of. When you're seated at a table of royalty and the best is spread out before you, it's called thriving. What does that look like? Living wholeheartedly through sonship. Yeah. Or sonship, living that ultimately is going to transform culture. I think I had that in there, but this is the old one, but it's all good. So, Jesus, we thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, you are already here, and so we just say more. (laughs) We say increase. Holy Spirit, thank you in this place right now. In this place, Holy Spirit, we say yes. We open our hearts to receive everything. Everything. This is an inclusive thing. So with our heart and your leading Holy Spirit, this is, this is going to just get even better and better. It's going to be a brilliant night. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, one thing that was interesting is to put in preparing, I know I'm like, I'm just going to do this and, and put some different notes together and hope for the best and thank you, Jesus. But this one took me a little bit longer, and I really had to with a concerted effort, put all of my Bible college, seminary, theology, I just sort of had to throw that out the window and say, Holy Spirit, breathe. Breathe and, 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 and do something fresh because we don't want to eat old bread. We want the new wine because he, the, of the wineskin and everything. I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, you have to help. Great helper, you have to help here. And so this is what this looks like of sonship because we have... We have clear access. We have free access to what Jesus not only paid for, but what the Father says, come on, come on. This is for you. This is for you. So Galatians 4, 6 in the Passion Translation, how many of you have the Passion? It's, it's an amazing, was it a paraphrase or, or something like that? And Dr. Brian Simmons, amazing man. And so that we would know for sure that we are his true children. That's you and me. God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out intimately, My Father, my Father, you're our true Father. Moving on to the next verse, in in, uh, verse 7. Now we're no longer living like slaves under the law, thank you, Jesus, But we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we're his, this is the good, really good part, we can access everything our Father has. For we are heirs of God through Jesus the Messiah. Now remember, Jesus the Messiah came and he fulfilled the law. The the, the one true God, the Yeshua, right? This is powerful stuff. Let's throw another scripture in there. This is good. There we go. Genesis 26 out of the New American Standard. Come on. Come on, clicker. Come on. You can do it. There we go. Come on. One more. Right? They call you clicker. Clicker. One more. 
Okay, I marked it. There we go. Just bless that clicker in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Out of Genesis 1:26, New American Standard, the Bible, then God said, Let us make man in our image according to the, our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the, the sky, the air, and over the cattle and over all earth and over every creeping thing that creeps or moves on the earth. Now, there's context to all this, and I'm getting there. So what did God, he got for mankind for two things. Sonship and inheritance. And we have full access to it. Just in a posture, say, I have full access to it. Okay, now we're going to say it like we mean it. One, two, three. I have full access to it. Yes. Yes, we do. Mm. So when we look at sonship, when I first saw the word, it scared the living daylights out. I mean, like, what? What, what just happened? And, um, but when we dig into that word, you know, Leif Hetland really has a complex and the depth teaching. He teaches on the orphan spirit, teaches on sonship. He has a whole series He's one of the most humble men with humility, and he just loves people. He'll look you right in the eye and just love Jesus all over you. He did that to me, and I got freaked out the first time. Like, yeah! and, um, But then I, I sort of understood what he, what he was going after. But when Jesus gave you and I life, he restored our connection to God as Father. That's important. And when he gave us abundant life, he restored our access to the inheritance. So in life, we are restored to, 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 to Papa, Abba, Daddy, Papa. And in the abundant life, in the eternal life, then the Father restores the access within the reach to an inheritance that is for sons and daughters of Him. Sons and daughters of the Most High. Go back one. So when we look at the sin nature, it tries to turn you and I into an orphan. That's where we hear of the orphan spirit. And what happens is it attempts to disconnect us from the Father and disconnect us from our inheritance. But we know that Jesus came to restore something. Yeah, he came to seek and save that which was lost, but he came to restore. He's always looking to restore life into a situation where most people are like, I just don't know. This, this, and that, and here and there tell me otherwise. But when Jesus is in the equation, there's a yielded, it yields a win-win situation. And I, and I believe that because it's somebody who's had to walk through some things and ask God, God, are you really that good? Are we really going to see a win-win this time? And then, as subtle and loving as a father can, he's like, have I ever let you down? I'm like, no, you haven't. He said, I'm not about to. I'm not about to. I'm not about to. So when we look at the orphan spirit, and when we look at discipleship as a believer, as a Christian, 
one who loves Jesus, a son who loves Jesus, a daughter who is in completely love with the Lord. There's something about overcoming an orphan spirit. When you look at the simplicity, the essentials, the foundations of what discipleship is all about, it is about overcoming the orphan spirit and a poverty mindset. When you think about it, because Jesus, remember, Jesus is in the equation of life, and he comes to restore. He, get, he comes to give fullness. He comes to give back everything that the enemy has tried, is trying, and will ever try to take from us. But as his inheritance, and it tells us down in the New Testament that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Yes, we can. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, to block our inheritance. And when we look through Scripture, since in Genesis chapter 3, that's always been his plan to do that. He has always tried to strategically figure out some way to keep us from what is rightfully ours. Anybody? You're like, ah, what, what, what is this? But the beautiful thing about it is this is what Jesus came to save us from. Nobody can save like Jesus can. Nobody can heal like Jesus can. Nobody can redeem like Jesus can because it's only the blood that can do it. It's only the blood of Jesus. And this is powerful. He came as a man and he lived fully as a son with a capital S and as an heir because we are co-heirs with Christ. We read that we were co-crucified and co-buried and co-risen, the death and burial, the resurrection, because we're the the new creation. But he did, in the crucifixion and in this, when he rose, he died and he rose again to give us all, not a partial truth, not half of it, but the whole enchilada. I'll just speak in food terms because it's really ministering to my spirit right now. (laughs) Enchiladas sound good about, about right now. Anyway, the whole enchilada with all the toppings. Mmm, mm, so good. So since he, does, he did that, that guarantees and it gives me complete access right to it. And how many of us are accessing our inheritance? Mmm, I'm going to chew on that one. And then this is something the Lord showed me. Very powerful so as believers, we've accepted, I think it is safe to say that most of us has accepted Jesus' provision of forgiveness. We understand that. We say, yes, Lord, we accept that. We agree with it. Yes, our hearts are yes. But some of us, my hand's up, some of us are still living as the orphans and carry the orphan spirit, disconnected from the inheritance that we always have had access to. And Jesus, because Jesus is the one who reveals Father so beautifully, right? He's like, come, he's like, come on, come. Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden. Come unto me, all of you who have some burdens and some heavy stuff that you don't want to carry around. Those of you that are carrying stuff around and it was never yours to carry around, why don't you come? Because I and place them at my feet. I have some rest for you, some rest and some depths that you don't even know about. You think you know about them, but you really haven't tasted and gone to the depths 
of what the rest of my love, the rest of my heart looks like. Jesus came to restore both, and there's the scripture for it, out of John 10.10. Because Jesus is so beautifully, when when we came to Blazing Fire, you know, I've sort of shared it before, but I thought I knew everything. I was in church my whole life, loved Jesus and, and his spirit and all these great things. And so when I came into a culture and an atmosphere that looked nothing like I grew up in, I'm like, these people are crazy. This is like cuckoo, cuckoo stuff. And I was very uncomfortable, and I had a problem with it for a year. I would come and, and sit and, and listen to Brent talk about a father who was madly in love with you, offended in the chair, and thought I knew it all. Okay, don't, don't raise your hand. But I was going to ask anybody like that here. I thought I knew it all. I was sitting in the back, and what I did not know in the then and right there that I now, when I circumspectly look back on it, it was like God was doing something called tenderizing. When something's tough, okay, food metaphor. When you have a piece of meat and you're like, oh, this looks tough, this needs some help, you have to tenderize it. There's certain, uh, I was going to call it weaponry, but that's not right. Uh, culinary tools that you have to pound it and tenderize it. So when it is gone through the process of being cooked and you go to enjoy it, that's what's going to happen. You're going to enjoy it and not throw it away. Or like, oh, no, that, that's not what I thought it was. And Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the respect of the Holy Spirit, because he leads and guides us into all truth and he shows us not only who Jesus is, but who he was in the hurts and the trauma and the pain in the past, who he is now, and how he's the greatest tour guide ever. Right? So father, papa, daddy, is waiting for sons and daughters to understand who they are and be the co-heirs he created them to be. The beauty behind it is there's purpose. There's a call and there's a destiny. There's a, not, there's a greater idea before the foundations of the earth when he, he, he blew breath into you and to, to me and then he formed us. There was a greater purpose and with a greater understanding for us to receive as co-heirs as sons and daughters. All right, I'm going to move on. Now, when we look through the scriptures, Jesus, come on, come on, clicker, you can do it. Feel free to jump in any time back there. Bless you. <laughs> sort of a subtle hint there, right? Hey, hey yeah. Yep. This is good. See, we can, we can just feast on it all over again. Yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll go to the next one, Tina. Yeah. Yeah. There we are. Thank you so much. They really do matter. Uh, 
When the, when the clicker says no, Tina says yes. Okay, so it's, it's a wonderful thing. Um, so the most perfect example of a son knowing his true identity, position, inheritance was Jesus. We see it all throughout the scriptures, especially in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, of how he dealt with people, how he had compassion, how he was, yeah, moved with compassion, and all these different examples and dynamics and the things that he was put into, we see the perfect example. Not an impartial example, but the perfect example because he's a son. He's a son to his Father in heaven. And there's something of an identity. Jesus knew who he was. And how much more for you and I that he's always putting that resounding, this is who you are. And the beauty of this is who you are comes through a whole bunch of things. In this house, the beauty of it is we can prophetically pull out in each other, that's who you are. Joel, this is who you are. I remember the first time I was purposefully sitting in the back at a different location we were at, and Bill got up and I'm like, wow, what's he, who's he and what's he doing? And what are they going to do? What are they going to do to us? I really thought that because I had never experienced prophetic ministry that way. It was very formal where how I was brought up. And so I didn't know what was going to happen to me. And somebody called me out. And they're like, you in the back. I'm like, darn it. Called, you know, and wearing dark colors and stuff. But anyway, they called me out and they said, you know, it was just a simple word like, you know, the Lord loves you and you're his son and he has his hand on you. And I'm like, what is this? You know, sort of getting weirded out because I never knew the simplicity of, of God's heart. It always had to be this formalized, high thing, very embellished and very wow factor thing for it to be God. It always had to be that way. And if it wasn't that way, then uh, you're false. Go away. I don't want to know who you are anymore. So to experience the simplicity of the heart of the Father is huge. As a son. Hmm. Okay, we don't need clicker. You be good. You be good. So what I was sharing with Brent that he alluded to it earlier was, you know, I was just a little bit of the background. I was raised in church, raised in the Assemblies of God church, charismatic upbringing, and thought it all looked the way it was supposed to look because you think it's supposed to look that way. You just do. You're like, oh, okay. But the interesting thing about it was... Recently, I was asking to myself in the last year, I'm like, why do I not seem content with life? And it doesn't negate my family, my love for them, my three daughters, 14, 10, and 6, so prayer is still appreciated there. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. this is true. And all these things, and I understand, you know, it's, you know, the more the Lord is coming and the increase, I'm like, I understand that part, but this is different. This is like something personally going on inside. So what I always do when I feel funk, F-U-N-K, is, is it me or am I picking up on somebody else's stuff? And if you haven't known about that, it's a valid thing to do. Just because we pick up some, some cruddy stuff, we are careful not to take ownership of it right away. You know, and, and how many times have we done that? But thank you, Father, that your grace, there's enough grace for that. And so I was, I was starting to go down that road, and I'm like, and I was really hoping it was going to be somebody else's stuff. 
I'm like, just let it be somebody else's stuff, and it's all good. And, but then it came right back to me. So the beauty, and this is where our culture of honor here, um, really it's not just here. It's, it's really kingdom core value of honoring the person. It doesn't mean you have to, especially if it's something that's like really like, whoa, going on. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. But there is a respect in how we honor and how we love on people in the process that they're going through. Right? I think Eric Johnson even talked about it recently up at Bethel about there's a respect of even the stuff in the world that, as Christians, to really have grace and honor towards. And the beauty of it is Pastor Russ, Pastor Susan, Pastor Brent, Pastor Suzanne, key leaders here through the journey. Everybody say right now, I'm on a journey. journey. And the Father's not done with me yet. yet. Okay? He's not done. He's not done. And how many are you thankful he's not done? I like to think of it this way. Yes, it is the finished work of the cross. But there's a process we have to walk out. Okay? So Jesus paid it in full, yet there's still a process as a son and a daughter to be wholeheartedly restored to the Father as he originally designed it to be, as he originally designed you and I, sons and daughters, to be restored rightfully to him and his heart. But it, it was these key leaders who saw something, saw value, and I know for a fact, they probably didn't agree with me all the time, but they're like, you know what? We're going to honor him in a way that will validate him to where it's going to do something and shift something in him to where it pulls out, this is who Joel really is. And how many of you know, when you're in those depths, you're like, okay, we can like speed the process up now, and that will just be wonderful. It'll be really good. We can speed this up. We can, like, press, you know, like a speed dial, just like, you know, like energizer buddy can come into the equation. Like, we just, let's just, you know, come on. But, uh, and I'm not saying that can't happen, but most of the times, in my experiences, the Lord's like, oh, and just when you think you're done, you're like, oh, that felt so good, and you think you're home free. It's like a little tap on the shoulder. How many of you know the nudge of of the Holy Spirit? He's just sort of like, nudges you. He's like, oh, let's deal with this one now. Let's, let's deal with this one. And I begin to think about it. Why am I feeling this way? And it went back to some deep depths that I thought I dealt with. Anybody? I thought I dealt with it. And the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, you, you sort of, almost. No, not really. I'm like, okay. I'm like, man. And so the thing for me is, Growing up, I had no problem with Jesus. I mean, heck, Jesus died for my sins. The least I could do was serve him and love him, right? Jesus, we're good. Jesus, we're good. Holy Spirit, no problem. Power, anointing. It's wonderful. I had no problem with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, Holy Spirit, and I were buds. We hang out, right? We're good. Now, the Father, how dare you say that name? Because how I was raised, this, this, it's okay if I just share, but we're family, right? The picture that was painted of a father was distant father. 
like absent father. And how many of you know it doesn't require a physical father to be physically absent in order to actually be absent? Uh-huh. I knew him as holy and majestic and creator and ruler of all. And Now, he is all those things, by the way. But that's all I knew him as. So here I am with a poverty spirit and an orphan spirit, and I had no idea I even had it. I thought this is the way Christianity was. I thought this is the way that God is going to communicate with you and deal with you, and that's just the way it is. And in the sweet by and by, we go be with Jesus, and yay, that's what I thought it was. And a lot of my friends, we have grace, and we bless them. A lot of my friends still live that lifestyle. But I'm always praying for them that Jesus show them the truth. Keep showing us the truth of who you are and who we are. So continuing in the culture of honor. I think I'll step out and risk saying that I think for a lot of us, our parents were not perfect. A lot of them did the best they knew how. And they did things whether they knew they did it or they didn't know it. They did things willingly or they, just, they were ignorant to the fact of what was going on or was was not going on. And the interesting thing was, growing up, my father did the best he can do, and he, and he still does, but it was nothing of the characteristics and the attributes of how I know Father God. And just to make the story even more interesting, you know, we grew up in Christian home, so, you know, everybody ha- everything had to be wonderful in Jesus, and we would go and praise Jesus and worship his holy, holy name, and there was ministry taking place, and it was wonderful, and then we would go home, and all hell breaks loose. So as a child, you process this, and you're like, what, what the, what, what's going on, you know? So looking back at it circumspectly, I'm like, hmm, this seems like a double standard. This seems like very, like, like a spirit of hypocrisy, very hypocritical. You preach one thing, yet you live another. So when I was preparing, I'm like, I'm going to get up and just probably talk about the power of the Holy Spirit and the prophetic because that's, that's my theme and that's my language and that's my hallmark message and that's what I'm going to do. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, you're not. I said, but I already wrote the thing out. He's like, yeah, that's why you're going to throw it away. I'm okay. There are times in our lives, past, present, and future, where Jesus is always willing to meet us. And I had to choose vulnerability and transparency over something that's artificial. And the last, probably the last two years, the Lord's really been dealing me personally with transactional versus relational. And I thought of a bank as a metaphor. I'm like, well, you know, you go in, you put a deposit. It doesn't require much risk. It's very transactional. But if you're going to make a huge investment, that requires risk. And so here goes uh, 
Holy Spirit sort of nudging me in only the way he can do it, and through the, uh, the encouragement of my wife. You, you, come on, you guys, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Because uh, the, the beauty of what, and, and I've even told her in the past, I'm like, why do you do it like that? She's because that's the only way you're going to hear it. Is she can be firm with me, but she knows I need it that way or order for it to take an effect. Now, I don't encourage that for everybody. Uh, that's a little disclaimer. Uh, fine print, size two font. Um, yeah, but it, but it works. There's, there, come on, you guys know what I'm talking about. This should be like a book in the Bible. Uh, it's so good. I mean, there was even times in my teenager years, I'm like, Father, are you bipolar? Uh, you know, I'm talking about Father God. Are you bipolar? Are you like, you're just sort of like uh, on a yo-yo thing and up and down because of what was being portrayed to me in the earthly realm. So it makes you question. And it makes you look at certain things and certain places to get validation. And I don't know who sung it. I don't know if it was Dolly Parton, somebody. There used to be an old country song, looking for love in all the wrong places. Um, sort of preach on that message one day. You know, and I'm thinking, oh, goodness, what's going on? So, Holy Spirit, right now, we continue to give you access into our hearts and to help us. You are the great helper. So, Holy Spirit, only as you can, as articulately as you can and, and, and beautifully, help us go to the depths past, present, of where you want to become father in our hearts, in our emotions, in our memories, all these things that are just way too painful to go take a trip on our own back to. Yeah. And one thing that I asked the Lord... Oh, probably it was a couple of um, years ago. Are you the God I'm afraid of? That you are? Are you the God I'm afraid of that you are? Where it's always just task-oriented, task-driven, whose approval I can never win. It's like nothing's ever good enough. And to be very trans parent. I grew up in platform Christianity. You do what people tell you to do. You jump how high and you don't question it because it's the Lord, right? I said, or, I love conjunctions. I really do. Or, are you the father that I have longed for of God, a God of grace and joy? Because it's like, I really need to know because, you know, when you're, when you're sort of in, caught in this dilemma, your emotions are all over the place. Even when you think they're not, and you think, I just have them nice and categorized, and don't open that drawer, or you'll, you'll regret it, I think. God knows a lot more than we let him in on. All right? Uh, just when you think you can outsmart guys like, ah, 
one up on you. No, <laughs> nice try. Um, and then going into what I'm sharing tonight, the Holy Spirit's like, just remember, and it's interesting, he'll give you the answer that you already know the answer to, but he likes re- doing nice little reminder things. It's sort of like getting the little alert pop-up on all your eye. Apple devices for people? Okay. And, um, bing! He's like, remember that answers are not found in what we're talking about at the surface. They're found at the root, in the depths of my heart, your heart. And there's only one tour guide, capital letters here. It's tour guide time, who knows the depths and the ins and outs better than anyone else. And that's where Holy Spirit comes in. If we let him into the equation, there will always be a win-win. It might not look like what we think it should look like, but you know that his ways are higher than our ways. His, his thoughts are definitely higher than our thoughts. And the beauty of it is, is we can lean all of our cares, all of our weights, and anything that we have no idea what the heck's going on we just lean on him. And I was reminded of that song. I think I said it before. You know, lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on for it won't be long. I'm going to need somebody to lean on. And there's the moments in life where we go and we're like, Holy Spirit. He's like, right here. Because when you lean into somebody, there's an embrace that happens. And the beauty of the embrace is it changes through the process. The more we let go the more he holds on. You know? The more that we let go, the more that he holds on. And the beauty of it, and I, I was getting this, um, sort of this metaphor. God wants to give you more than a hug. Now, the interesting thing is there's different types of hugs. And which one are we allowing him to give us? Are we giving him the church-friendly hug so we don't touch a certain body part? Bless you. Bless you. God bless you. We're doing that one? I, okay, I, I've done it. And, and there's, 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 there's a place for that, too. We have to be mindful and respectful of people, right? But I, I'm illustrating a point here. Do we do that one? Because it's transactional and doesn't require a relatable thing? Are we not comfortable yet with the type of embrace that he's been longing to give you and me? Because when a father shows affection to a son or a daughter, it is not transactional. It is the real deal. And he knows the type of affection right when and where we need it the most. But the thing is, he won't force that. He won't force it on you and he won't force it on me because he's, the, he was, he's a respecter of persons. And he's not going to insult us. John 14, 18 declares, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, for the promise. Thank you, Lord, for the promise. There is a solution. (laughs) So as Jesus' loving sons and daughters, 
of a loving father. And I was reading a book, and I felt always loved when I was reading it. <laughs> hmm. Oh, yeah. Pastor Brent's book. If you have not read that book and the seasonal devotionals that go along that, that uh, parallel and couple with it, it's, it's, it's awesome stuff. Amazon.com, BrentLockerMinistries.org. Okay? Anyway, a little plug there. And he doesn't write that stuff to make the bucks. He writes it so Holy Spirit can partner with people to go to the place that the Lord, Papa, Daddy, Abba, God, has always been wanting to take us to, but he just doesn't take us to the place. There, see, because there's greater destiny, greater purpose, greater calling. He takes us. So when, you know, I, talking about culture and transformation, the more whole that we are, according to something called the original design of God, the more that we can be the light, we can be the salt to the earth. The more that we, the, when we're around people within our sphere of influence, when we're at our coworkers, when we're at people at school, on our campuses, we're around people that we don't even like. All right, I've been there. I'm still there. There's some people I don't like. I'm like, Lord, he's like, I know. Just, just, and, and, the, and one, one interesting thing that I, that I found and where I've discovered and the Lord was really encouraging me. And it's hard to do sometimes. Anybody, it's hard to do. He's like, you just, you just have to learn how to relax. Sometimes we're going to like, a, like to just, just relax. Relax. Just relax. Everybody take a deep breath in. Okay, let it out slowly. There's beauty in that, by the way. And how much more in the spiritual things and in the depths and in the stuff that we keep on carrying does the Lord when it's like, hey, relax. I got this. Because that is the place where we are ourselves and are living wholeheartedly out of that place called rest. Right? Not laziness. There's a big extreme difference there. This is called rest. This is called rest. It's the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives to lead us into what we know as sonship. When Jesus died on the cross and when the Father, he said, that this is the joy set me before me and all the things and the prophecies and the ramifications and all through the New Testament, he didn't see a people. He didn't see a company of sons and daughters that were going to be orphaned and forgotten. But he saw a people and he saw something called family that I would be, do revival through, through sons and daughters who are whole, who are wholehearted, who yield into a process so they can become how I originally designed them to be according to his original design. How far have we gone to the left or how far have we gone to the right looking for things here and there that can fill a void when the only person, and his name is Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit can come and said, this is how I want to do it. This is how I want to move in your life. This is how I always have wanted to move in your life. But you have to give me the permission. And you have to learn how to relax. You have to learn how to relax. It took me years even understood what the whole meaning and definition of relax means. I'm serious. Even years ago, I'd be at home, and I have to always be doing something. It's like, ah, 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 do, 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 do. 
And if you say it enough times, it begins to smell. <laughs> Come on. Mm. Write a little pamphlet about that. You know? Wow. Holy Spirit works within each one of us to restore our relationship with Father, with Papa. He speaks to us about who we are, whose we are, and the inheritance we have. Whether you agree with it or not, you have an inheritance, and it's yours for the taking. It's yours to grab a hold onto. It's yours to take possession of wholeheartedly. Because remember, we are wholehearted sons and daughters of a king who is widely and madly and passionately in love with us. Whether we agree with it, whether we feel it or not, it does not change the fact that he is that towards us. He speaks to us about the inheritance that we have access to as a result of our identity. I thought my identity is, how, how, how much can I do for you, Lord? Into the actions, into all the things. And there's a big difference between that and what we call servanthood. Servanthood is scriptural, it's foundation, it's doctrinal, and it has its place. But when we get our identity out of that, or we have to deal with people who still get their identity out of that, especially with ministry, because that's what I thought, well, that's what the ministry is for. First and utmost, Graham Cook has a beautiful teaching. Years ago, I forgot where we were meeting, and he came and I'm like, great, another teaching on something called identity, because I thought I knew it all. Brother Joel thought he knew it all. Didn't know it all. And so for some reason, I didn't, wasn't able to go. Or maybe I didn't want to go, and I just made up a story. Come on, you have to be real. <laughs> We have to tell it like it is. That's how people identify. That's how people can relate. We have to make this gospel something that we can walk out and talk about it. Can't remain in the these and the thous and the spake and, 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 and here and, and, you know, yay and all this kind of stuff. We break it down in the here and now. That's why we have people like Dr. Brian Simmons who can capture the heart of a father and who can break it down into something that we can take and we can feast upon. And we're like, oh, oh. And we feast upon that because we're constantly feasting upon what the word is. But more importantly, who Jesus is. So it's not an easy path. But we find the glory of God's original design for sonship and inheritance. Let's see if Mr. Clicker's working again. Now that went away. Bam. Yeah. Okay, this is a scripture. I recognize it. Yes, it is. One of my favorites. Ephesians 1 and 18. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that, I love that part, so that, so that you can understand what? The confident hope he has given to those, that's you and me, to those he called. We're all called. Yes, in different capacities, in different ways, but we're all called. Remember that. His holy people, which is us, who are, that's present, who are, doesn't say who was, who are his rich 
and glorious inheritance, there is a wealth associated with that. Not in the, in, in the terms of what we think or see wealth as, but it, it's rich, it's divine, it's a heavenly and glorious inheritance that God purposed, destined, and created for you and I to partake of because we are the co-heirs. We are the sons and we are the daughters. We're born again as sons and daughters. Come on. A relationship so valued by God that Jesus, here comes blood in the equation again, the blood of Jesus for it. And yet we still, many of us are still living as spiritual orphans. And why is that? I'm glad you asked. So we, when, when I first encountered or heard about the truth about sonship versus the um, orphan spirit, Leif Hetland, <laughs> Leif, love that guy. He came and I think one time he, he put chairs on the stage. I'm like, ah, what's he doing? So what are you doing in the furniture? And um, it's a very powerful t- teaching. But when he came in, when he unpacked it, and Leif can deliver, package and deliver something in only the way he can do it. Just like Pastor Brent or, or people that we respect and, and look up who, who unpackage and deliver something to us. There's only one way that Leif can do it. And that was a turning point in my life. And how much more does God want to turn in our life? And I'm talking about paradigm shifts. I'm talking about stuff that we grew up with that's still hanging on to us. We don't even know what's hanging on to us. But God says, oh, yeah, let me just take that off. Let me, let me heal that up. Let me, let me um, heal that trauma right there. Let me bring some wholeness to that area where it's, you've sort of wondered, why do I keep feeling something in here? You know? And that was... I don't know what year it was, but in 2008 when we came in to Blazing Fire, that was a year of challenge and transition for me because I thought I knew it all. But I discovered something, and the beauty of it is is we keep on discovering it, that the grace of a heavenly Father, and a few years later, beginning the journey back into the loving arms of a father, because remember, at this point, father's off somewhere, Father's off, or you, it's, it's like the, the, the wizard behind the curtain in, in the Wizard of Oz, and it's scary, and he's doing all these things, when actually he just, you know, he wanted to be whole. He, he wanted to, to have this um, interconnection and, and really fellowship with people. He was nothing like he was portrayed to be. He was actually the whole 180. I said he was the whole 180. So discovering grace through the presence and patience of church family. See, I thought people would use you and then use it for their gain if you were vulnerable and transparent with people. And I didn't know what that meant. I'm like, what's that? How do I tell you the secret things of my heart? I'll, I'd rather die with it and go be with Jesus than tell you. Come on, let's make it real. I'd rather go do that because it requires me to open up myself and how dare if you hurt me again and then I get rejected and then I have to carry that pain? No, thank you. No, thank you. You want to sozo me? Bye. Bye, Felicia. You know, I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. You... So then when Father's heart is tenderizing, he's tenderizing, then we see where he wants to go. I'm like, oh. And then you... Then, then, then the yes has come because Holy Spirit is doing the work in your heart. He's like, yeah. 
Then you say yes. I said yes to Zozo's. Then I said yes to HeartSync, which is even, it's even, um, they're both great, but I think it has more, uh, uh, more things that come out of that one. Discover grace through reconnecting with a father and allowing him to peel back the layers of my need to perform, replacing them with his love. See, I can make that request now. Sort of a wonderful thing. Because I'm going to wrap it up. This is my first closing and my final closing. <laughs> and trust me, I've been in meetings. This is my ninth closing. I'm like... Um, <laughs> Matthew 3.17 says, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Leif Hetland, when he's teaching on the orphan spirit, breaks it down this way. An orphan, he said, sees God as a master, lives by love of the law, is always insecure, needs to be noticed, is one for whom discipline is a duty. Whereas a son and daughter, this is the beauty of it, they see God as a loving father, lives by the law of love, has security, rest, and peace, has total acceptance has total acceptance, is one for whom discipline is a delight. Not a bad thing, but it's a delight. And then he goes on. I don't have time to get into all of it, but really that I highly recommend that. It's more than a teaching. It's something that will will shift you and will challenge you to the core. Now, I thought I could just read stuff and like, oh, that's good. No, Holy Spirit's going to do something with that when you say yes to it. Is this not, oh, that was nice and entertaining? No, this is life-changing, and are you willing to go there, Joel? So you went on to share five truths associated with this. The revelation of belonging, of being wanted and valued, of favor, of being seen and watched over by God, and of being approved. And then um, talking about citizenship and whose we are and whose we belong to, and we're talking about in in respect to uh, the kingdom, kingdom citizenship. And I have to cite source them because it really is very powerful and it's really affected my life. When he was ministering and releasing the Father's love over us, I opened my heart to God in that tender moment and had a vision. And I've read that some other people have had similar visions. I'm like, that's sort of interesting, okay, because it's pretty detailed. And um, so I'm holding, I had to go look in my journals because I like loves a journal. Aw. Journaling is fun. Okay. It is. So I was looking at a secured metal briefcase, you know, and so then, okay, it's a spiritual movie, I know, but the born identity? All right. Okay. Keep your hands down. And um, <laughs> when Jason Bourne, he, he went into the, the secure bank deposit and he came away with a briefcase that contained passports, weapons, and a wealth of money. In the movie. In the movie, Okay. So down the right-hand side of his briefcase was a combination lock. And it was very long. This is what I'm seeing. It's a set of numbers that would be impossible to remember. Hmm. But at the moment I noticed it, the father said, don't worry, I got this covered. And he opened the case. But when he opened the case, to my shock and awe, there was no wealth. There, it was pretty much empty. But it had one thing in it. It has a single passport. 
I'm like, hmm. And I love to travel, by the way. You know, you saw the, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. And I knew it was a kingdom passport right away because when I looked at it, I knew I was a son of the king. I just instantly knew. There was no thinking about it, like, or trying to figure it out, which I was trying to do through so many years of, like, trying to figure this thing out. But on the front of the cover was embossed with a large crown, along with the face of the lion, and it was the lion of the tribe of Judah, right? And he was showing me that I, Joel, and all of us here as sons and daughters are citizens of his kingdom, belonging to his tribe, fully qualified, with all the rights and privileges attached to being a son and daughter of his kingdom. There are no places in his will I cannot go to. Every door that Father opens, I can pass through. And that is the truth for every one of us. There are no places in his will that I cannot go to. There are no places in his will that you cannot go to because every door that he opens for you, you're going to pass through it. This is the door This is the season where what seemed hard of you is going to be easy. I got that really good reminder the other day. I put it on some social media because I'm like, I'm not going to keep this to myself. This needs to go out. The things that we have done and the things that have kept us from and that things have, have, have directed us and told us, well, it looks this way, and it's the only way, and don't even think about thinking another way. I'm like well, I, I just don't fit that mold, and I'm a trailblazer, not the kids thing, but I'm a pioneer in the trailblazer thing. And I'm like, I say no to that because that's not a heart of a father. That is of an orphan spirit. But what does it look like as sonship? What does it look like? Not, so back to this. I didn't realize that there was a wound attached to my citizenship status until God chose. He chose at that moment to reveal it and begin the healing process. And how many of us, we're talking about being wholehearted, brought back into right alignment with God according to the original design that he purposed and created and destined for each one of us. We go on the healing process and it gets to the point where it's very uncomfortable and some things start to get uh, shifted and sort of some stuff gets Uh, dust off things because we put stuff on the shelf for so long and we're like, how dare I ever pick that up again? There's too much pain associated with that. But God's like, oh, no, 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 it's good. See, I'm with you this time. And the Holy Spirit already knew it was on the shelf all along. It's not like we could hide it from him. (laughs) But better than that, the truth of sonship has once and for all dropped from here down to here. Right? And that's what he wants to do and continue to keep doing with all of us from it to go to here and to go here. Because when we can live out of this place and not this place, that's where a company of sons and daughters who are chosen by the Father, by His. We're chosen. How much 
or are we going to allow the Lord to embrace us? Because he does not want to visit us. He wants to, he wants to cohabitate with us. Yeah, you know, I, I know all the scriptures. Are, yeah, the Holy Spirit lives in me, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I get it, but it, how much am I allowing him to go to the places? Or do, did I take out the doorbell because I don't want him to keep ringing the doorbell or knocking on, you know, it's like, okay, enough already. Bye, Jesus, you know? He's like, just let me in. I'll never hurt you. And the beauty of it is, is he already knows what's going on anyway. But to see Jesus fully of who he is, and more importantly, we're talking in respect to the Father. The areas that Father wants to be real in my heart, because I'm still in the process. I do not have this thing figured out. But my heart is now turned towards Papa to where I can say, Father, I know something's off, and let's go there together. I'm not going to try to figure it out on my own. Sort of like something's wrong with something. I don't know. I think a lot of men tend to do it. Oh, no. (laughs) I got this. And then you end up making things worse because you didn't read the instruction manual. What's all that about, right? But here comes Holy Spirit. He knows everything, all the little intricacies, all, all the big things. But my answer to the question, remember I asked that question, God, are you the God that I'm afraid of? He, he, he answers me through this process. Through the process. I am the God you want me to be. I am the Father you have longed for. And I am the God of grace and joy. When we wholeheartedly put out a question or a request to God, sometimes, especially in the season and in the process, when we think, I haven't heard, the Lord's not talking to me. What did I do wrong? We always take this inward um, inspection of something. We had to be something I did wrong. While in actuality, in the whole process, the Father, was, he was with you all the, all the way. And he says, I'm here. He made that promise very clear multiple times throughout the word. He says, I'm never going to leave you. I won't even forsake you. I won't take you out somewhere and dump you off because you're inconvenienced to me. Maybe like some of our earthly father or mothers were. You won't be that dad. You won't be that pops. He will be wholeheartedly engaged with you in the moment. And even when I look at it in the natural sense, How much more if I'm willing to go there with a father who I know loves me so much and how much more that can affect my world to be a better father to my three girls, a better husband to my wife, a better friend, a better son. And wrapping it up, this cultural transformation I was sharing with Pastor Brent some time ago. It's like there are a place, there is a place for everything, you know, in church, and there's, there's things that we do that give life, 
and, and the Lord blesses it. I said, I'm all for that. I said, but I'm at the point in my life, you know, I, I've, I've traveled the world, I've, I've done these trips, and I've been to countries, and the wow factor, and all these things, but it's like, no, the Lord's after a little bit something more than that. He's not after our programs. He's not, he, he's not after our denominations. He's, he's not after that. He's about the heart and what can it look like on a creative platform. I'm like, oh, this is happy, happy. And so when we look at the culture, it's a system. A culture um, is made up of a system of beliefs, disciplines, practices, relational boundaries. Thank you, Father. Relational boundaries that show how life is lived among a particular group of people. And how I want to connect these two things is if we can go from orphan spirit into what has been all available for us the whole time of the sons and the daughters, something called sonship of God, how much more can we in fact impact the world around us? How much more can we go to the seven mountains of influence, the seven mountains society, and as St. Francis of Assisi is coined to say, I am called to preach the gospel and when necessary use words. Because it is through the action of love, it's through the action of a son, it's through the action of a daughter that is going to shift the realms. It's going to shift the atmospheres because of not of a jinn that we come in and it's like, we're going to do things my way, but of what God's heart has been all along that will shape the mindsets of nations. Ah, that was so good right there. Movements of any kind succeed when they have created a culture that can sustain it. I think Bill Johnson said that. And I'm like, oh, that's so good. Movements of any kind succeed when they have created a culture that can sustain it. Go ahead and start playing, Todd. Awesome. Instead, the great moves of God that have been measured by how many meetings we have and how many people we bring into our buildings, even though it's good, it's incomplete. Because there are a people, and their sons and daughters, they just aren't fully aware of that yet. that he wants to touch, and he does it through people. And more importantly, he does it through family, which is a, sort of a scary thing. I remember the first time Brent, he's like, I, I want to I do the Father's blessing of you. I'm like, you want to do what? And I thought, you know, I have it all together. Kingdom training, 0809. We're, we were in San Ramon at Church on the Hill. I think it's something else now. And um, so I closed my eyes. And this began really the, the pinnacle of, of where I was going. And he said, I want to bless you as, an earthly, as, as a father in the spirit. And I was starting to feel some mushy stuff. I'm like, oh, man, not one of these. I really thought that because it's going to require something from me. And then he said, I want you to open your eyes. And I opened my eyes. He said, I bless you as an earthly father where your father has not been able to bless you. And it was at that moment... I didn't, I didn't do it. I broke, and I cried. And I had not cried in a long time because it was something, not that he said, it was something that his willingness and obedience connected to in me that I was longing for and I even know I was. Because there was a beauty that God was going to perform in that moment. There was going to be an area where the Holy Spirit was going to come in and do some things in me even though I was saying all these things, it was far, it was to the contrary. I want to be whole. I think all of us long to be whole. And how much more is that going to impact families to make strong families? Church to be the victorious church that we were called to be. 
government to be a godly government. Education to have biblical core values and righteousness once again in the system. Excellence in business. Positive influence for the media. And a redemptive realm for the arts and entertainment. Because what goes on in here was always on the mind of Father. That it would not be kept in the building. That it would go into every sphere of society. That it would be influenced, not with an agenda, but with a heart that loves. A heart that hears. A heart that walks through some hard stuff. So Father, we, we say yes right now. We say yes. Jesus, we thank you. Now right now, just ask the Lord. to make Father more real to you. And those of you who have areas where your father or your mother was not what you wanted them to be, and it was held to walk through it and to endure it and to live through it, we're asking Jesus to take us back to those places. And we're asking Jesus to show us the truth and where Father was all along because he was there. So Lord, we give you access. We grant you the access that you've been asking for, Holy Spirit. We say yes, Holy Spirit, right now. Just let him go deep. presence. You know, when you know the, when, when Papa's presence is there, 
I guarantee you, it gets better from here on out. When you, when we have stepped in to something called the original design of God, of how he breathed life into us, how he formed us, how he created us to be, how he wired you to be. He had in mind wholeheartedly as a son and as a daughter to where we would not have to carry our orphan spirit. Jesus dealt with the orphan spirit once and for all. I remember Leif Hetland saying one time when he, Jesus looked up to the Father, 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 why have you forgotten me? Why have you forsaked me? Even though Jesus did not have an orphan spirit, he dealt with it once and for all. And that is finished. It's a finished work that we would not have to carry it. That we would not have to carry it on this earth. That we would not have to carry it in our realm, in our world, in our family. That it would not have to pass on in generational curses. That it would not have to pass on into these things. That's why he's a loving father. He's not an angry, mad father, distant somewhere, sitting and figuring out what to do. He is the father who is engaged. He's a father that says, I love them so much, I'm going to redeem them back to me at a cost. Jesus, are you willing to go? Yes, Lord. Yes, Father, I'm willing to go. And Jesus comes, and he's a man, and he lives life. And, he, and we, there's just too much to go into right now. And there's only one day... One way that the redemption can happen through the cross, through a place called Calvary, through a thing called blood, but is it is a redeeming work. It is a restorative work that brings things back to life, things back into their proper place, things back into a right place with God. Not through pressure or agenda of things that we have to do. It is not based on merit. It is not based on deeds. It's not based on anything that we can do. All we have to do is say, yes, I'm a son. Yes, I'm a daughter. Yes, I receive wholeheartedly, Lord, as the royal crown. He crowns us. He crowns each one of us as his own. He is always and has always and will always be wanting us to be partakers of, at his table, the banqueting table that the Lord prepares for you and I, because his banner over us, it's love. He brings us to the table. He brings you and I to a table, not to stand and not to have a servant's mentality or attitude, but to be the son and to be the daughter and to take a position, a seated position to be the partakers of his grace, the partakers of his goodness, the partakers of his healing, the partakers of his love, the partakers of all the things that make up who we are. The kingdom of God is advancing and it's going to advance through a company of sons and daughters who are wholehearted, who are not the orphan spirit, who do not carry the poverty mindset, but who they knows who they are. They have a daddy. They have a papa in heaven who is madly in love with them. And he wants to prove that. He wants to show that. He wants to show off in your life of what that looks like. Not only in a song, not only in a book, not only in a thought, but in action of what does that look like in my life? A full sonship. Let's sing that chorus again, Todd. Pull me a little closer. 
so much love and mercy Father we thank you for the work that you continue to do Holy Spirit we thank you that you make Jesus real and you continue to make him real in our life and we say yes to that process Holy Spirit we want to pray and agree with you and bless you with Father's blessing mother's blessing to receive all that is yours because we are his inheritance I said you and I are his inheritance so feel free to come on up Holy Spirit continue to move and to breathe fresh new life to breathe your love in us that we've never experienced it or encountered it before because you're doing something new You're doing something new, and we are wholeheartedly going to be the company of sons and daughters that you saw a long time ago, that you saw through the quarter of time, that you saw through the eyes of Jesus. Thank you, Father. If you have children, you can get... You can go get them and bring them back. We'll we'll even pray for your children. We thank you. God bless you. We love you. You sing that again, Todd. Pull me a little closer because he's he's wooing us. He's pulling us. Amen. So pull me a little closer. Take me a little deeper. I want to know your heart.